Hey, I'm Michael, online pastor at Silverdale Baptist Church, and I'm excited to welcome you to our podcast. Now, after you listen to this episode, I hope you'll stick around for just a moment. I'll be sharing about some resources we have for you, as well as a few things going on at Silverdale right now that we would love for you to be a part of. Now, I really hope this podcast is just what you need today to help you in your relationship with Jesus. I am uh, Pastor Travis. Um, kidding. Much younger and better looking than Travis. Come on. <laughs> Cut my hair. Um, I am honored to be here. My name's David. Uh, I, uh, I love Silverdale. love Travis and uh, just uh, blown out of the water when he asked me to share while he was gone. Um, wanted to talk to you about kind of framing 2020 and how do we look forward into 2021. This has been a mess. Um, we'd be here for the rest of the week if I began to describe uh, this crisis my family has been through in 2020. Um, I don't think any of us saw it coming. But um, we're not going to do that. Instead, I want to talk about how amazing God is and, and praying about where do I, how do I even begin to talk about moving from 2020 into 2021? Um, one passage came to mind, Exodus chapter 12. Uh, Exodus 12 is the beginning of the new year for the children of Israel. Um, and so if you've got your Bible, you may want to turn there um, and kind of, so we can kind of jump into it. Um, 2020, among other things, though, did bring out a lot of humor, uh, a lot of memes. I think I've got a couple that we can put on the screen. If 2020 were a pinata, I love that. I love that. If 2020 were a bag of chips, it'd be orange juice and toothpaste flavored. Um, I think I've got one more. If 2020 were a swing. You feel, can you feel like that? I mean, that's 2020. Um, what a mess. It, at the same time, as bad as it was, I will tell you that I was with a young man and shared the gospel with him in 2020, just hours before he took his own life. And then... At the funeral, the gospel was shared again. The gospel was shared with that man just, just four hours before. And then at the funeral, the gospel was shared again before hundreds. And I've got story after story after story. Last Saturday, a week ago today, I spoke at a funeral for a wife of a man that uh, we were saved at the same time at our little church in Georgia, 40 years ago, and we kind of, we started our faith walk together, getting to know God, and his wife, my age, passed away, and a week ago, I did her funeral. Today, um, I was on the other side of Tennessee doing his mother's funeral, and I thought, my, but the gospel was shared, and people heard the truth. You know, sometimes it's easy with all the misery and the grief and the lockdown and the mask and this idea in the back of my mind that, you know, you've got asthma, David, you're not as young as you used to be. If you get 
COVID, you, chances are you're not going to make. These things, these voices in your mind, and you think, you know, God can't even save us here. He can't even save us now. That is nonsense. We saw God work in 2020 in ways that I think we never would have seen him work otherwise. I work, uh, my, my job is working with a ministry, a uh, small ministry that does pastor training in other countries. And in one country where Christianity is not welcome, where the pastors in a particular area that I work with have been beaten and persecuted, they've been arrested. Uh, when trouble starts, you do not call the police because the police will only side with the people causing you grief. In that place... They've right now got 180 waiting to be baptized. Something happened with the COVID, and these guys were able to share in places they'd never shared before. They were able to get into villages that would never allow them in before because the world was coming apart, and the elders said, yes, come on in. Why are you bringing us food? We're Christians. What's that? I'm glad that you asked. We saw God work in just crazy ways. I've got two photographs I wanted to show you. One was uh, baptisms taking place. I think I've got it out in California. Look at this. Did you guys hear about the revival in California? Almost no one heard about it. Now, you wouldn't expect CBS to carry it. I know. But this thing was so incredibly big this last summer that L.A. Times carried an article on it. Thousands getting baptized out in the Pacific Ocean. And even crazier than that, people coming to know the Lord is an amazing miracle all the time anyway. But more than that, dozens of churches worked together to share the gospel. Now, you get a dozen churches, one dozen churches working together, that's a miracle of God. But dozens working together, it's amazing. Praise God is right. They were baptizing so many. L.A. Times had to send somebody out to do, that, do an article on this. What in the world is going on? We saw God at work. I think in the darkness, the light shines the brightest. One of the baptisms I wanted to show you was uh, coming out of a place that I've been many times. I think it's the next picture. Um, in the darkness. Look at that water. I've baptized there. This is the area, 180 waiting to be baptized because they're on lockdown and they can't get out. In the darkness, the light of God shines brightest. Where we saw sometimes terror, fear, where we hunkered down and hid, at the same time, we saw God moving in crazy ways that nobody, nobody would have seen. Sometimes we have to go through misery to see the beauty. God's timing is perfect, even if we don't quite understand it and grasp it. I wonder what will be different in 2021. One personal confession, one fear I have is that nothing will be different. But the Calvary's coming. This, I am, I am, I am confident that we're going to get ahead of this thing and we're going to see God at work, I think. Exodus 12 is where I want to pick up, but let me set the context for you. You think that we could talk about 2020 all night and the 
COVID and the crisis and the mess. Imagine Exodus 12. Exodus 12 is at the end of Moses confronting Pharaoh. There were 11 signs, 10 plagues that God dropped on Egypt. And sometimes people say, so that Pharaoh would let the children of Israel go. Well, that's sort of true, Um, but it's also sort of not true. God didn't really need Pharaoh's permission to bring the children of Israel out. It's not like God was in heaven going, oh my word, when is he going to let them go? I've only got like two more plagues and then it's it. I don't know what we're going to do. No, are you kidding? He's God. He's God. He does what he wishes in heaven and on earth. But God, as a matter of fact, if you read the Exodus account, just even the first 15 chapters of Exodus, watch for a phrase that says something like, that they may know that I am God. Just underline that. And what you see is all of these plagues were so that Moses and Aaron would know that he is God, and beside him there is no other. It was so the children of Israel would know that he is God, and beside him there is no other. It was so the Egyptians would know, it, so the Pharaoh would know. And at one point he says, so the whole world would know that I am God. And after they left, 40 years later, 40 years later, Joshua's on the banks of the river Jordan. He sends two spies into Jericho to find out what the lay of the land is. And they wind up in the house of a harlot named Rahab. And Rahab says, we heard what your God did to the Egyptians. The whole world heard because God was operating to glorify his name. Plague number nine was darkness over the land. Plague number 10 is just about to start at the end of chapter 12. So chapter 12 comes after one sign, the serpents, uh, the staff turns into serpents. And then 10 or nine plagues, and then we've got this one. Now, that's the context. But let me give you a little bit of imaginary context from the side of the Israelites, some of them were watching God at work and thinking, I wish he'd leave me alone. But can you imagine, they went through at least three of the plagues. Now, the majority, they were isolated. The land of Goshen, that's the the state, if you will, that they lived in. It's like saying Tennessee was isolated and everybody else caught it where we weren't. But in the land of Goshen, they were. They didn't have the darkness. They didn't have the hailstones. They didn't have the pestilence. But when the Nile turned to blood, yeah, when the frogs took over the land, they were there. When the gnats or lice, depending on how the translators want to handle that, they got that. And they watched from the land of Goshen when the hailstones came, when the pestilence came, and the animals were killed. They watched the darkness. They were in the light, but they could see the darkness around them. Can you imagine the conversation they had? at the end of their 2020. Dude, we got to get out of this. Did you see those gnats? Are you kidding? They were all over my kids. I was, it was like crazy trying to keep them away from the children. What about that Nile? Oh, the blood. I was so thirsty by the time God set them free and cleaned up that water. I'm still digging dead frogs out from under the bed. I mean, their 2020 was worse than ours. 
Did you see the darkness in the land? Yeah. I saw what God was doing. And then Exodus chapter 12. So I want to read a couple of verses to you. I'm going to start reading uh, in verse 1, Exodus 12. And uh, I'm going to skip a few, but I'll, I'll cover the most of it. And I think we'll have it on the screen. So Exodus 12, verse 1. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt. Now watch. This month shall be for you the beginning of months. This is going to be your new year. It shall be the first month of the year for you. Tell all the congregation of Israel that on the 10th month, 10th day of this month, every man shall take a lamb according to their father's houses, a lamb for the household. Now, let me pause there. He just said, I'm going to start a brand new calendar for you. You've been in Egypt. Egypt's calendar always started in the fall. This is sometime in the spring, but we're not going to let the world set your calendar any longer. We're not going to let the world set your pattern. We're not going to let Egypt set your system. God says, I'm starting it differently right now. This will be your calendar. Verse 5, your lamb, the lamb that he told them to take, one per household, shall be without blemish, a male, a year old, and you may take it from the sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it until the 14th day of this month when the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill their lambs at twilight. Then they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the house in which they eat it. And they shall eat the flesh that night, roasted with fire, with unleavened bread and bitter herbs they shall eat it. Now look down to verse 12. For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night and I will strike all the firstborn of the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and on all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgments. For I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, this is where the name of the feast comes from. When I see the blood, I will pass over you and no plague shall befall you when I strike the land of Egypt. This day, verse 14, shall be for you a memorial day and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. As a statue forever, you shall keep it. Now, a couple of three things I want to just hit on now that we read that. Let me rephrase it. We're going to start a brand new year this month. And he told the children of Israel, and that was a different year. We're under different systems now, but it's the same principle, same idea. He said, we're going to start a brand new year, and it's going to be different. It's going to be radically different than anything that you've ever been a part of. And the very first thing I want you to do every single year is I want you to stop and celebrate Passover. That's going to be the beginning of the year. You celebrate Passover. Well, what was Passover? Passover, you just read the initial beginning. I will pass over you when I bring judgment on Egypt. I will pass over you. I will bring judgment, but not on you. I will bring judgment on the gods of Egypt, but not on you. I will pass over you. So we'll talk about that a little bit more in a moment. So, number one, 
I want you to get that God set the calendar. It's God that set the calendar. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, this month shall be for you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year. God set the calendar. Now, I realize some of us would think, I don't know, is that really a big deal? Yeah, it is. And, and let me give it to you from my perspective. I was not saved as a child. I wasn't raised in church. Uh, I, was in, um, I was an adult, uh, an alcoholic. And after I got saved and God delivered me from uh, that desire for alcohol, which was just amazing, absolutely amazing. I was actually sober three days before I realized I wasn't drinking. I didn't know what to do. I'd never been a Christian, so I, I'd, I'd just stand there thinking, okay, what do we do? But I had seen Christians, so I knew we ate. I ate, but I didn't know. Do we, what else do we do? Literally, I had people tell me, I said, uh, you have to go to church. Okay. When? Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday. Okay. I didn't know. I didn't know Wednesday was optional. I was just, you know, I was that dumb. I didn't know anything. God set the calendar for me when I thought I was in charge. Now, let me tell you what I mean by that. I thought, I'm in charge. I'll do what I want to do. God brought me to my knees. I came into a relationship with him, and he said, David, you're not in charge. You're not God. I am. I'm God. I tell you what to do. And he took away the desire for alcohol, and he healed my marriage, and he put us back together, and in doing that, New Year's lost all of its meaning to me. Because what did New Year's mean to a drunk? Party. We're going we're gonna to party so much, I'll, be, I'll still be drunk on the second or the third. Actually, I would have been anyway. But So I get sober, and New Year's comes along, and I'm going, so what? Another day. No big deal. God is saying to the children of Israel, that's not ever going to be the case. It's not one more day, one more wake up, one more go to bed. It's not no big deal. Once a year, every year, I want you to stop and I want you to celebrate, remember what I've done in your life. I set the calendar. You don't. You remember what I've done in your life. 1 Corinthians uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Watch. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. I am brand new in Christ once a year. At le- Well, I think we need to celebrate every day, but at least once a year. I need to stop and remember. God passed over my sins. God set you free. Your chains are gone. Egypt, the world system, has no authority over you anymore. God set a brand new calendar in your life. The world doesn't control you. God sets the calendar, not you. He sets you free. Once a year, he said, every year you remember this. Now, it's interesting, the word um, Memorial Day, I'll talk about that in a minute. I get excited sometimes. I found out I've got a little charismatic in my background, so sometimes it bleeds over. But God sets your calendar. God sets your calendar. 
in our case, 2020, 2021, it's not just we got to 365 and we start over. We need to be bigger than that. We need to get to 365 and stop and say, okay, let's remember what God has done. Intentionally focus on what God has done. God set your appointments. Number two, God set your appointments. Now, a little bit of a stretch, but listen to me. This holy day that they're to observe, God set that appointment every single year. Every year. Now, in our situation, it's pretty much the same. Every year we start over. 365 and we do it again. Every year we start over. We rotate. We got a brand new year. I don't want you to think that we just made up this thing. God set the system in place. In Israel's case, his children's case, he set the day and the time and the year. You start here counting, and they've been counting ever since. Now, I'm not saying that as a, as a New Testament believer, I have to start using Israel's calendar. What I'm saying is the principle of stopping and focusing is as valid for us as it was for them. He set the appointment. He said, every year you're going to have this appointment. I set up your calendar. I put the first appointment on it, first month, the new year. This is what you're going to do. You're going to remember Passover. You're going to eat unleavened bread. You're going to remember the blood on the doorpost that caused me to pass over your sins. You're going to remember I spoke and brought judgment on the world and passed over your judgment. I've set you free. Don't go back. I set you free. Every year, I want you to remember that. And then the ordinance, number three, God set the reminder. So it wasn't just the first year, every single year. Now, look at verse 14 again. This day shall be for you a memorial day. You shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations as a statute forever. You shall keep it as a feast Every single year, this is your reminder of what I've done. Every year, every new year. The word in Hebrew really could be translated eternity. Some translations say permanent. It's permanent. You should, this is a, a permanent statute. Some say forever, just do it forever. But even if I say forever, we tend to think that's a really long time. But really, it's almost like God is saying eternity, forever and ever and ever, amen, you will stop and remember the Passover. That's bigger than just us here now. That's bigger than 12 months from now when I do this at the end of 2021, beginning of 2022. In heaven, what am I going to be remembering? I'm going to be singing around the throne of heaven, worthy is the Lamb. Because he bought with his blood a people for God. Worthy is the lamb. Every tribe, every tongue, every nation will be represented. Worthy is the lamb forever and ever. Amen. That's what I'm going to be remembering in heaven. I think eternity is not a bad way to think of that. Now, I said earlier, a week ago, I, I cut a little short video for Man Cave talking about this. And I changed my mind on that word eternity in the last week, meditating on it. I think it's eternity. 
this is what I want you to get. What's the new year? What should it be about? The new year should start with you stopping. Remember what God has done. Remember that he set you free. And look forward. Now, what difference does any of this make for us, this Passover? I want to point out one thing that I didn't mention. John chapter 1, verse 29. John the Baptist. The next day, he, John the Baptist, saw Jesus coming towards him. And he said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Just in case you didn't catch it, who is our Passover lamb that takes away our sin? It's Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. He is my Passover. He's my lamb that takes away the sin. So what should we do? Three things for the new year. Um, Number one, I think you need to remember what God has done. Now, I've repeated that a lot, and, and I repeat it a lot because I need to hear it. I need to hear it because I get distracted by what the world is doing. I mean, we never saw, you've never read about an election like we had, regardless of which side you're on. There was a crazy year. COVID, murder hornets. That's like out of a sci-fi flick. I mean, what is that? Alfred Hitchcock wrote that? You don't remember Alfred Hitchcock. You should look him up. He said very, and wrote very scary things. Murder hornets. Did you know they discovered new species of spiders this year? At least seven new spiders that they didn't even know existed. We don't need new spiders. I hate those fuzzy little things. We didn't need the ones we had. Five new species of snakes. One of them from an area that I have gone to in my ministry, and it's highly poisonous. And we needed five new snakes. It's easy to get distracted by this stuff and forget what God has done. I had to look into the eyes of a family today that I looked into the eyes, I looked into the eyes of that same family a week ago, and I said, last week I told you that God's timing was perfect. And this week they wept. And I said, I don't care. I'm telling you, as I cry with you, God's timing is perfect, even if we don't see it, because He's God. beginning of every year, I should start the new year. Stop. Breathe deep. Remember, what have I seen God do this last year? What have I seen God do in my life? He forgave me of my sins. He set me free, poured out his mercy and his grace and his peace on me. What else have I seen him do this last year? I I saw pastors that I never would have believed could have reach a village that has never let a Christian in and they shared the gospel. 2020. Two pastors went into a village in 2019. It's just a great story. So I wanted to share it. 2018. They went into a village and they began to develop, you know, be friendly and they 
talked some of the kids into a game of soccer, and the village elders came up, I guess because they were being friendly, and they said, are you Christians? You too, you too, are you Christians? And, they, you know, they're nervous now. Uh, yes. And they said, we have two demons in this village, and they said they don't have to leave until a Christian tells them to leave. If you're a Christian, you tell them go. Okay, no pressure. And the fun part is, neither one of these guys had ever been involved in any spiritual warfare before this. Uh, they just, you know, I had taught on it in a class that they'd been in. They'd never played this game. So later I said, what did you do? They said, we didn't know what to do, so we fell to our knees and started praying. I said, well, that's, that's a really good start. Actually, that's perfect. That's exactly. He said, we were playing like crazy because we didn't know what to do. And he said, I was starting to sweat. And one of the village elders grabbed me. And I thought, oh, no, here it comes, here it comes. And he grabbed me and he pulled me. And I looked up and he said, they're gone. And he said, yes, of course they're gone. We're Christians, we prayed. village elder wants to know what a Christian is. He didn't know anything about Christians. He just knew those two demons said, we don't have to leave. We got a church there. What has God done? In the darkest darkness, God shines the brightest light. If you never grieve the loss of a loved one, the world will never see that you grieve differently than they do and want what you have. If I never see God walk me through an illness that is debilitating and if my family and the world doesn't see me go through that with the hand of God, they'll never know how big my God is, maybe. Remember what God has done. Number two, refocus or reset, reboot, whatever re you like. I remember, I intentionally stopped, remember what God has done. Now I'm going to reboot. I'm going to refocus. Okay, okay. That's what God did 2020. All right, I'm going to get ready because I think God's going to do something big in 2021. I'm not going to go in whining and crying. I'm going to, I'm going to stop looking at what that has been because I want to see what, what's coming. I'm going to reboot, refocus, start over. I'm going to rest now, number three. I'm going to rest in what God is doing. I'm going to rest in what God has done. I'm going to rest in what he's going to do. Do you hear me? I'm going to relax. God's got 2021. You might as well relax because you can't control it. I can prove that. I, I, I saw you in 2020, and you didn't control a thing. You know, I, I wear my mask. I clean my hands. I try to socially distance as best I can. I do all the stuff. But I'm telling you, people doing that have also caught COVID. Now, I'm not getting political about any of this. I do it. But I'm well aware that even doing it, I could still come down with it. I'm as cautious as I can be. But I know that God is God and I am not. So, 
what do I do? Remember what God has done, looking back. I turn around, look forward, I refocus, reboot. And now, looking at 2021, I rest. I just rest because God's got it. He's going to do something great. That's what God is going to do. Will we see God at work in 2021? The answer really depends on whether or not you're looking, honestly, because God's always at work. It's just we're not always watching. I'm going to close in prayer. But while I pray, I want you to be asking and talking to God about giving you eyes to see his hands at work in the world around you this year. Well, I hope this was helpful to you. If while listening, you realized you need to take the next step in your relationship with Jesus, we would love to help you with that. You can connect with us by clicking the link in the show notes to our website and then clicking the connect card button. In our weekend worship services, we are in a sermon series called The Seven Commands of Christ. Jesus gave dozens of commands, and as followers of Jesus, we should obey all of them. Over the next several weeks, we are focusing on seven that will change your life. We would love for you to join each week at one of our campuses, or you can attend online. You will find service times by clicking the link in the show notes to our website. You know, there's so many ways for you to get involved and be a part of what God is doing here at Silverdale, and we really want you to feel welcome and a part. So please, stay connected. Be sure to like and follow us on the different social media accounts. You'll find all the links in the show notes of this episode. And lastly, help us spread the word about this podcast. Take a moment to share this episode with your family and friends. Again, we appreciate you listening and hope you will join us again next time.